0: going on, guys? Matt here, Service Industry Podcast. Hey, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. It means the world to me. Without you guys listening, we would not be doing this. And if you're new on here, welcome. This podcast is for people that have home service businesses and really our tactics and and episodes can really be um, spread out to all different types of industries. But here on this podcast specifically, we are speaking mostly to home service business owners. Um, You know, My name is Matt Smith. I typically am the host on the show. Uh, I've built a large cleaning business here in Michigan. Um, We're doing Doing other things as well, and if you listen to these episodes, you get to know me, my team a little more, and what we do. But today, I want to talk to you guys uh, about something that I think is interesting, and it kind of sparked my interest because um, recently, you know, with our marketing agency, we talked to a lot of people that own businesses every single day, and some of the guys that are, you know, in the three, four, five. ranger saying, hey, you know, should we continue to scale what we have or do we break things up and maybe start a new division? And my advice to this, and I've I've talked about this a little bit in other episodes, um, but I say, you know, neither way is wrong. I've I've got friends that have done it both ways and have been successful. So I'm gonna give you an example. A friend of mine used to own a pest control business here in Michigan. Um, and then he had uh, basically other divisions under his pest control name. Um, so he had a fertilizer division. They, did, they fertilized lawns. He had a Christmas light division. They did Christmas lights. Now, each division had a different business name, right? One was Weed Man. One was Christmas Decor. And um, essentially, he started taking advantage of his customer list and, and starting new companies and essentially marketing to his clients that already trust him and use him for his core service, right? His core business. Um, so that's kind of why I'm bringing this up today is because I think there's going to be some people on here eventually that want to jump into other industries, maybe start a new division. Maybe you're just crushing it and you see opportunity to grow based on your customer base. That's what this is for, okay? Okay. <coughs> Um, basically i'm going to give you what i think and this is just an opinion right like you may say hey matt this is a better idea than what you're giving me you might be right but this is just kind of what i think if i were to kind of be jumping in head first um, these are some of the industries i would consider going into because i see potential for them so Top five home service businesses uh, that have potential to start. My very first one is pest control, okay? I have a handful of friends that have made a boatload of money in the industry. And when I say boatload, a friend of mine just sold his company two years ago for $22 million. wasn't a franchise. Uh, Him and his dad built it from the ground up. And long story short, yes, he's owned it for a while, 25 years maybe, uh, but he cashed out for 22 mil, okay? It's a lot of money. Um, Things I like about pest control, low entry cost, right? Depending on what you're doing, um, if you're just doing like perimeter spraying where you're basically spraying uh, the perimeter of the outside of the home and then the perimeter of the inside of the home or doing mosquito control, I mean, man, you can get into that for under $1,000, right? It's super recurring, um, I know I have my house sprayed, they come out every quarter, right? I don't have to be home. The first time they spray every year, they I do need to be home, they come in, they spray inside, they spray outside, takes them like 20 minutes max, they charge me $85. Um, and then the rest of the, years, uh, the year for the next three quarters, they just spray the outside and it actually works. It's a really good service. So super recurring. Um, another thing I really like about it is it's really profitable. And one of the reasons it's really profitable is because you could run one-man cruise and you should be running one-man cruise, right? And so they can go knock out an $85 perimeter spray in 10 or 15 minutes, right? And then if they have really good route density, meaning they have all their routes set up well so they're not doing a ton of drive time, man, you can knock three, four, five of these houses out in an hour and now you're making, you know, a couple hundred bucks an hour per guy. So it's very profitable uh, because the service is quick. Your uh, chemical costs are like nothing, okay? I only know this because I own 20% of a pest control business. So um, it's a very, very good business. Now, the downside, at least in most states, especially here in Michigan, I know for sure, you have to be licensed, okay? And the license is not necessarily easy to get. You either have to work for a company for a couple years and then go take the exam uh, or you have to go to college for it um, and then take the exam that way, right? So that's tough because, uh, you know, whenever you need a license for anything, that means when you hire somebody to do it, they have to get licensed. So they have to go take a certain test. So not only are you having to find somebody to do the job, now you got to find somebody who will do the job and pass the test. Um, Also, depending on what you're doing, it's seasonal. If you're just doing residential, it is seasonal. Now, if you have apartment complexes and stuff like that, it's year round, okay? So pest control, it's a huge one, I think. Big opportunity there. And, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, how I want to go about this is I want to give you guys some real life examples of like, if I was in business and I was going to add a pest control division, like what would that look like? So a company that it might make sense for, because, you know, if you're a lawn care company, you don't want to you don't want to add, let's say, carpet cleaning. Just doesn't really make sense. Right. Like your customer base, it, it doesn't really align that well. Not saying it won't work. Right. It'll probably work but I'm all about having multiple divisions that kind of flow together. They're in separate, you know, they're a separate division, they're their own thing, but it makes sense to people, right? And so if I was like a lawn fertilizing company or something like that, pest control would make sense because I already have a fertilizing license. Sometimes those licenses are the same, right? For pest control and fertilizer. And I'm already spraying people's yards. It makes sense for me to spray people's houses. So if you're a, a lawn fertilizing company and you're wanting to branch off into something, I know a lot of guys that do perimeter pre, uh, perimeter pest control sprays um, just as an add-on right And it's a really good add-on because they make tons of money off it. <coughs> um, so the next one uh, is lawn fertilizing, okay? So lawn fertilizing is also it's almost it's very similar. Not quite as profitable as pest control, but still extremely profitable. Again, running one-man crews, the majority of the stuff. Unless you're doing stuff like aeration and, and all that kind of stuff, you're typically running one-man crews. I see huge potential for fertilizing for lawn care companies that are just cutting grass or just doing landscaping. Again, you need a license, but man, it's such a good add-on, and it is twice or three times as profitable as cutting grass, period. Now, what I really like to see is when companies are cutting grass and doing fertilizer, because now you're hitting, you're at this customer's house all the time. If you have a good system in place, then they're never going to leave you because these people get to know you, right? If you're smart, you're trying to send the same tech out every single time so that homeowner can get to know them and that same lawn care crew. Um, It's really good. So... The difference between pest control and fertilizing, though, in my opinion, is fertilizing has a lot more competition. It's like lawn care, right? There's a ton of guys out there cutting grass. Now, competition is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's actually a good thing because it means that there's a demand for the service, right? But what it means for you is you have to figure out a way to stand out. Okay, so if you're up for the challenge of figuring out a way to stand out and providing more value than everybody else, then you'll be in great shape. Then the extra competition doesn't matter, right? Because the work is there. Um, my next one, okay, and by the way, fertilizing is also very seasonal, lawn care is too. That's why a lot of these guys are snow plowing. Um, and maybe if you're, you know, down South or, or whatever, uh, this is more of a year round thing, but I'm just talking in general for probably 70% of our country, we um, People have you know downtime of some sort. I have a buddy in Tennessee that runs a fertilizing business down there, and he's got about a month and month and a half, I think, of downtime, um, and it's warm down there, you know. Uh, but it's just the way it is. Now, here's one that I find very fascinating. This is my number three, and it's air duct cleaning. Okay. We have talked about adding air duct cleaning in our business. You know, I own an exterior cleaning company, and in our area, we have like two major air duct companies. Now, one does like 10 million a year and the other one does like a half million a year. So both decent companies, you know, the one is massive, but there's very, very little competition for it, okay? So that's what I like about the service for us is that it kind of flows. We're already in people's houses cleaning windows, Um You know, we're cleaning exterior of homes, roofs. So we're an exterior cleaning company, essentially. We're already inside people's houses. Why not try to add on another cleaning service like uh, air duct cleaning or dryer vent cleaning? Now, at least here in Michigan, you don't need any type of licensing uh, that I'm aware of. And, um, you know, it's a great add-on. Oh, by the way, I was, <laughs> this is a funny story. I was in on Friday uh, getting a new furnace filter. So my furnace, it's newer and, you know, with all new things, I feel like they, they make it harder than it should be. You can't just go to the hardware store anymore to buy these air filters for it. You have to go to the place that installed them or order them online. And they go from being like, like $10 a piece to like $65 a piece. But... They're supposed to last, you know, a year rather than three months. So long story short, I'm at the heating and cooling place the other day, right? And I see Amnesty which is uh, the $10 million a year air duct cleaning company around here. Um, they've got mugs in this heating and cooling place. They've got notepads, pens, like every little thing, a little marking piece you can think of, they've dropped off here. And so I just asked, I said, man, you guys get a lot of calls for heating and cooling or not heating and cooling, for uh, air duct cleaning. And she's like, all the time. She's like, that's why I'll, that's why these uh, heating and cooling companies or air duct cleaning companies rather are hitting us up and dropping stuff off because we're a great referral source, right? And so that just goes to show me that if people are calling heating and cooling companies, it's because they don't know who to call. It's because they don't see anybody around enough to even know like what company would I call. So I love that it's low competition. I love there's no licensing. Um, you know, a lot of these... Companies are running two-man crews, but I know guys that run one-man crews, so it is possible, just might take a little bit longer. And it's a great add-on for any type of cleaning company or a heating cooling company, man. I think a heating and cooling company is almost foolish for not doing this. So if you own a company that is heating and cooling, I would encourage you, if you're to the point where you're wanting to add a service on, I mean, air duct cleaning can be a pretty high-ticket item, right? Three, four, five, six... million dollar homes over a thousand bucks because they have so many freaking vents, right? And so air air duct cleaning in my book is a a very, very good add-on. Now, from what I understand, it's a very high entry level um, as far as equipment goes. So to get a good truck, a good truck with good equipment, I think you're probably looking a minimum of 30 to 40,000, right? Um, You know, as an established company though, that's okay, like most established companies who are adding on divisions, because you shouldn't be doing it unless you're established, um, they can handle that cost, whether they you know, pay half and finance the rest or, or paid in full in cash, whatever whatever it is, um, you know, that is kind of a more of a established setting type business in my opinion. So my number four is made services. Now you may be surprised by this, but I know some guys that are absolutely crushing it doing made services. And maid services have a lot of potential for a few reasons. One, like no entry cost at all, like literally hardly anything, right? You can probably get everything for under a couple hundred bucks that you need. Um, It's extremely high recurring. Typically for residential, you're there every week or biweekly or at least once a month. Um, I know some of the guys in the industry, they won't even take once a month. They only do weekly and biweekly. And if it's commercial, sometimes it's daily, Right. And so um, I'm kind of throwing maid services slash janitorial kind of in the same realm, okay? So don't jump down my throat. I know there's some different aspects to both. But for the commercial side and the residential side, maid services, right? There's low training cost, right? Like if you can clean a home, you can do this. And typically what I'm finding is a lot of these guys are hiring people that are part-timers, Um, A lot of them are stay-at-home moms that are looking for a side gig. Uh, Majority of these people that are doing the work are women. Um, You know, in my opinion, it actually might be better than hiring dudes. Uh, Some people say, well, women are so catty. Dude, some of my employees are so freaking catty, it's unreal. Like, they fight with each other like they're freaking sisters. So, I kind of like the idea of hiring women to do this job because women are nitpicky for the most part, man, like... Like they like clean things. Um, they pay attention to detail. You know, us as guys, we we're not like that. Like, my house can be a little bit dirty and doesn't bother me, but it drives my wife crazy. Okay, so I like that, and it's year round, regardless of it's residential or commercial. People always need their house clean, and businesses always need their business cleaned. So that's a really good one. Like as I'm sitting here thinking about, it, I'm like, man, that wouldn't be that hard to add on, and you know. People say, well, there's a lot of competition. A lot of people do it. Well, there is a lot of people that do it, but not a lot of people do it as a business. Like I see a lot of like stay-at-home moms from church posting on Facebook saying like, hey, I'm looking for one or two houses to clean once a week. Like there's a lot of that going on, but I think there's a lot of high-level people that... Um, that are looking for a reputable company that run it like a business because they're reliable. You know, I mean, how many times do you hire a housekeeper and they flake out after two months or life gets in the way or they, they can't make it on that, you know, that income, so they quit. Um, people just want reliability for that service, in my opinion, for every service. But especially for something like that. So I think there's a, a huge market um, for someone who's willing to go in, market the company like a legit company, run it like a legit company and train some good staff to go and take care of these customers. Um, my last one is exterior cleaning. So I talked about this a little bit. I own an exterior cleaning business um, and I'm gonna go over some pros and cons because there's there's a lot of both, Okay. By far, the hardest thing about owning an exterior cleaning company is finding the employees to do it. Now, not necessarily finding the employees, but finding the employees that are capable of pulling it off. I'm going to give you an example. We do roof cleaning. Um, roof cleaner, if it happens to land on grass, you know, you're up on the roof spraying, and you sp- overspray onto the grass or onto a, bush or a plant, it is dead. And when I say it's dead, I mean, it's probably dead before you leave the house, right? Like, you know. So... What we have found is a very, very challenging service for people to do, because first off, guys are terrified of heights, they're terrified of ladders, and they're just, for whatever reason, accidentally are not smart enough to not overspray onto plants. So, you know, a $600 roof cleaning can very, very quickly turn into $400 in the hole because you had to replace, you know, Mrs. Smith's Japanese maple tree or whatever. It happens to us all the time. Now, like house washing and stuff like that, a little bit more feasible, but what we found is, at least here in the Midwest, Our customers want us to do some type of window cleaning 90% of the time when we're done. I know there's a lot of guys out there doing soft washing. They don't offer window cleaning, uh, but I can guarantee they're losing a lot of bids because their competition is. And, um, you know, people just, when you wash a house, you can rinse the windows down as good as you want. But if they look like crap when you're done, then. You know, people don't really feel like their house is clean, right? In fact, some people would call back and say it's dirtier than you left it. And so for us, it's a challenge to to hire and train employees to clean windows. Some of the houses we do are three, four stories tall. And naturally, a lot of people, probably the majority of the population, is scared of heights to some sort. And so employees by far are the biggest challenge. The other challenge is our industry is very uh, high for insurance, right? Like our insurance rate is through the roof because guys are on the roof. They're on ladders all day. It's very high risk, right? It's a dangerous job. And so we pay a boatload of money every single month towards insurance, which cuts into our margins. Our margins are, I wouldn't say they're amazing. I wouldn't say they're terrible, right? If you're doing like soft washing or roof cleaning, I would say, Margins are middle of the road, Um, but the cool thing about our industry is that it's pretty low competition. Now you got some guys out there, just like any industry that, you know, have a crappy pressure cleaner and and do crappy work, right? But I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about legit guys trying to grow a legit business. Um, At least where we're at, there's not a ton of competition. Now, down in Florida, we've got some clients down there that we do marketing for. You know, they say, Matt, you know, we go to the gas station in the morning and there's three companies gassing up. Well, that's like lawn care here for us, right? And I always encourage people, like I said earlier, don't always look at competition as a bad thing. Look at it as there's a market for the services that you're providing right? And it's semi-recurring. So for house washing and roof cleaning, not super recurring. But the reason why window cleaning almost has to be thrown in there is because people get that done every single year, if not two or three times a year, right? So if you're washing a house, you may wash that house. You might wash it once a year if it's in the woods or on a lake. Um, but if it's just in a neighborhood, you're probably washing the house every two to five years, okay? For the roof, probably every five to seven. Um, and so if you don't have the window cleaning, it's not really that recurring, but if you do, then it's, it's semi-recurring. So those are my top five. Now, don't go rush out there and start one of these just because I'm talking about it. I just wanted to throw some ideas at you guys um, of what I think I see potential in. Uh, you know, I see a lot of potential for the home you know home service world in the next 10 years. I'm gonna tell you why. I may have said this before in different episodes, but millennials, I am one they don't know how to do things like the older generations do, right? Like back in the day, my grandfather fixed everything himself. The snowmobile broke, he figured it out. Even if he didn't know how to work on motors, he figured it out, right? Nowadays, my snowmobile breaks, I take it to the shop or, you know, my garbage disposal just broke. I called, uh, I called a plumber to come fix it, right? This is very common. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I just think it's I think it has something to do with technology and and probably, you know, we're raised a little bit different now and and in some ways it's a lot easier and in some ways uh, it's a little bit harder, right? Um, But I see a huge opportunity for home service businesses that can get on the technology train and be a a more modern company because all these millennials are buying houses now and they're going to need your help because they don't know how to do anything, right? And so I would encourage you guys to really start to think about that. Like, How can you position yourself and your company in a way where you know, they are your next customer? Regardless of what you think, millennials are your next customer. And millennials, for the majority, are going to be making money a lot different than people were you know, 20, 30 years ago. Now, there's also gonna be challenges with this because it's really hard to get millennials to come work for service companies, right? Because why would they come and work for 15 bucks an hour when they can go do just about anything else for 15 an hour and not have to get their hands dirty, not have to get their heart rate up, not have to climb ladders, not have to be in the dirt, whatever it is you do, right? Um, So there's gonna be some challenges there. Maybe that's for a different episode. Uh, But I think if you can figure out a way to keep staff um, at your company, pay them well, keep them happy. Man, it is not going to be, it is not going to be rocket science to build, you know, a seven figure home service business in the next 10 years, because there's just so much opportunity. There just, there just is, I mean, it is so funny. Sometimes I feel like we don't even try and we're just knocking it out of the park in in my home service company. Right. Um, But the reality is, it's, we, We're very systemized. We have our our marketing system in place and we've done this for five years straight and it just works and we stick to the plan and and it pays off, right? Um, So this podcast is for those of you that are, growing fast. You have some capital. You're maybe thinking about starting a new division. Maybe the company or the type of business you're in right now isn't really profitable. So you want to start to add on some more profitable services. Those are my top five. Take it for what it is. Um, There's no studies behind that. It's just what I think is good. So I love you guys. Hey, do me a favor. As always, you guys know we don't have any ads on the show. And so if you can just do me one favor, if you can leave a review, regardless of where you're listening to this, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, I know some of you are on Stitcher, um, leave us a review and share it on Facebook or, or share it on Instagram and, and you know, take a snapshot of it, send it to a friend who needs to hear this. Uh, a lot of you guys that listen to the show have friends that own a home service business, whether it's big or small, this can help them. So do that for us. Uh, we're growing organically. We're growing fast. We're having a lot of people listening to this. You know, we used to be all in on like YouTube and stuff like that, um, but we're finding that people are consuming the podcast a lot more. It's just because we're all busy, right? It's easy to listen to on the go. You guys can be out mowing a yard or spraying a house or whatever you do and, and listen to this and gain some knowledge um, as, you know, as do I, as I listen to podcasts all day long as well. So leave us a review. It would mean the world to us. I hope you guys have an awesome week. Go out and get them and we'll see you next time.